CNBC has quick and easy to understand business news updates at the open midday and close every weekday. Markets, money, and more from Wall Street to Main Street. I'm CNBC's Jessica Ettinger. Follow and listen to CNBC Business News Updates wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Options Action. I am Brian Sullivan in for Melissa Lee, and we have got another big show on tap for you tonight. So what is it? Here's what's coming up. Sit. Stay. Good viewer. Boy, do we have a treat for you. The dog of the dogs of the Dow. Woof. Then, if you think investors are starting to bite off more than the market can chew with that high-flying stock, we have an insurance policy, an options antacid of sorts. Plus, we'll explain why you should too right now. It's time to risk less and make more. Options action starts now. Risk less, make more. Has a nice ring to it, doesn't it? All right, welcome everybody. Let's get right to it. Because as we know now, the record rally rolls on. The Dow hitting yet another all-time high today. But while it's been a tremendous year for the index, a number of names have sat out the rally. Let's take a look at three. Walgreens, Pfizer, and 3M. Those are the only three Dow components that are down this year. But Carter says that one of these names is his Dogs of the Dow pick for you for next year. He's at the Plasma to tell us which one it may be. Carter. All right, so just briefly, Dogs of the Dow uh, put together 1950s. And essentially, it's a dividend strategy. The thinking is that a blue-chip stock that's a worse performer in the index, by definition, will have a high yield and that um, you get a little catch-up trade. Here, in fact, is an index of Dogs of the Dow relative to the Dow going back to 2001. Uh, a lot of, um, well, efficacy. It blows away the Dow itself. In any event, let's take a look at Walgreens. Here's your spread. Here's your dog. Walgreens down 14% versus the market, the Dow up 22 And my thinking is that Walgreens is going to do something in terms of catching up. Here is the beginning of the year. What we know is they were both sort of doing well, and then all things went sour for Walgreens Boots. Take a look at the following charts. No judgments or annotations by me. Here's one way to draw the lines. Nice setup. Here's another way to draw the lines. A textbook rounding bottom. You could also call it a head and shoulders bottom of sorts, meaning any way you cut this, and it's this dip back that should give you the pop all setting up quite well. This is the dog of the Dow pick for me. Bye. All right, Card, we'll see you back here. Mike, what's the trade, if any, here on Walgreens? Yeah, so here's the thing. If you are looking at a dogs of the Dow strategy, Carter actually referenced one of the things that you're arguably looking to capture. That's a dividend. This is a high dividend-paying stock. Of course, to get the dividend, you must own the stock. So the trade we're going to be taking a look at here is maybe the most fundamental one in all of options trading, and it involves owning the stock first. So you would actually be buying... WBA here at about 58 and a half bucks. And then to enhance the yield still further, you would look out to January and sell the 60 call for a dollar and 20 cents. So let's take a look at what's going on here. In this trade, you essentially have some upside in the near term if the stock should go up a little bit from here. You're going to be collecting a dollar 20 in premium from selling that call. That's 2% of the current stock price that you would be collecting in premium over the course of one month. 
if the stock rallies through that strike, your gains are going to be capped. But they would be capped at nearly 4.8% based on where the stock closed today. So that actually isn't a bad rate of return for a single month. Why would you be willing to sell that upside? Well, one of the things is that the reason the stock has performed so badly, people just aren't that excited about it. Uh, you know, you'll notice that the average analyst rating on this stock is pretty much close to right where this thing is trading right now. What creates support for it is the valuation question. It's trading around 11 and a half times earnings. Uh, that's pretty close to the bottom in terms of its valuation multiple historically. So this is a trade, basically, you're not looking to knock the cover off the ball. Um, obviously, if you already own the stock, something you can consider is just going ahead and selling those calls. Yeah, interesting. Uh, the technical setup looks really nice. And, and I think that when you pair that together with this whole notion of dogs of the Dow and the potential for the outperformance in the new year, um, that to me looks like a really interesting setup, especially for a market that a lot of people think is pretty extended and they think is expensive. And you have a name that's underperformed and you have some historical data and you have a good chart set up. So Mike's trade is interesting if you don't, uh, you know, if, if you think it's going to be a bit more consolidating. But if you think this stock is going back to the 65 level or so where it was trading a month and a half ago, then you don't want to do Mike's trade. But if you really just want to do that dogs of the doubt trade, I think you probably think about like buying a call and playing for his kind of reversal move. Right. Well, again, and the dogs of the Dow as a process is a one-year yep. holding period, which is, of course, not what we're talking about. Uh, I think you're getting a nice pop potential having had the initial pop and then this drift lower. Can we use Walgreen as maybe a lesson? Because there's also this sort of double story here because there's a talk about KKR maybe wanting to take it private, management maybe wanting to take it private. Probably difficult to do would be a massive buyout. But is there any way on an option strategy to say, if I think it may be bought out, I'm going to do this? So actually, it's really interesting that you mention that because one of the things that people who are doing a risk arbitrage play, what's a risk arbitrage play? It's a situation where essentially you're speculating that a company might be acquired at some point in the future. Generally, one of the favorite trades to do there is actually to buy the stock and sell co- calls against it. Uh, usually, you're trying to sell calls at the price where you think the stock might be taken out. In those instances, generally, you're trying to sell calls as long-dated as possible. Why is that? Because when a company is taken private, the extrinsic premium goes straight to zero. But, of course, if you think it's going to be taken out at a premium, the thing is the market's not really pricing that in. I just want to make that very clear. I mean, there has been speculation. But the stock's not behaving like that's what everybody thinks is going to happen. All right, good stuff there. On one of the, and Boeing, by the way, could soon join those three as the only three that are down. All right, from the Dow's worst performer to the Dow's best performer of the year. What else? You know, folks, it's Apple. It's having its best year in a decade. But Dan says this amazing run might soon be done. Dan, why and what is the trade? Well, it's pretty simple here. The way that stocks and markets trade, they trade on the potential for future earnings. And one of the things I think is really interesting about Apple this year, the stock's up 77% on the year. It's up 97% from its close on January 3rd, the day that they had a negative pre-announcement due to very, very disappointing iPhone sales in China. Well, the most interesting thing about all of that is the fact that in fiscal 2019 that just ended for Apple is that their earnings earnings and their sales did not grow, yet the stock almost doubled from January 3rd. And the way I think about investing is that that is anticipating a lot of good news to come. And therefore, I'm not so certain in 2020, the stock gets rewarded um, when they put up maybe something that 
looks like the expectations for what the way the stock has been trading. So to me, that makes me a little nervous, especially some of the data points that we've seen out of iPhone sales in November in China. Um, so the valuation thing, I think it's obviously a $1.25 trillion market cap. It's gained $600 billion in market cap. I don't think that's ever happened in a calendar year for a stock ever. I think the sentiment is pretty euphoric here. So the way I think of this is if you own this stock and you don't want to sell it because you don't want to pay taxes on it, you know, there's ways that you can think about hedging this position into the new year. Obviously, um, no one expected on January 3rd of this year for this company to negatively pre-announce. They did. Um, it ended up being a bottom after the stock gap down. But there's the price of options, implied volatility. And I think that's pretty interesting. Obviously, that we know that vol and option prices are generally pretty low. They're pretty cheap here in Apple, which is affording you the opportunity if you own the stock and you're thinking about hedging or you just want to make a bearish directional bet to buy options, define your risk, and ache that bet. So, you know, you know, to me, it's pretty simple. When the stock was trading at about 280 today, you could look out to February expiration. That will capture their fiscal Q1 earnings that should come the last week of January. And you could buy the 275 put, paying $8 for that. You obviously break even down at 267. Um, that's down less than 3% or so. Uh, or you're risking 3% of the stock price. Breaks even down at 4.5%. You have two months. And I'll just make one point is that this stock's up 77%. The implied move over the next month that should include their earnings event. It's about 7% in either direction. So if you're long and you just want to make sure that you have some protection and let this thing run for the next month or so, or you're, you're really nervous and you're long and you want to put a stop in and define your risk, this is one way to do it. I think it makes a whole heck of a lot of sense here because I think the multiple going from 12 at the start of this year to 21 right now, which is a 10-year high, is anticipating a lot of good news. If you get less than good news in this name, the stock's going back towards 250. You know, here's something to think about. So you could get really good news coming out of it, and you could see actually nothing happen to the price. Take a look at, you were referencing 10-year highs. Go back to 2010 when we last saw valuations like this, and take a look at what happened to Apple through, in terms of its price through 2011. Did they grow earnings? Yeah, they killed it. Did they have tremendous free cash flow? They killed it. What happened? The multiple declined and the stock went sideways. When you start trading at very high multiples, it becomes very hard to get follow-through price action, even if the fundamental news remains good. Right. So what we know is it's a very difficult thing to single out the point at which a very steep and extended stock is going to stop. It's it's dangerous game. And we do it all the time. And actually, we have some success with it, as, as you both know. Um, and yet, sometimes they just keep going. So... I'm in this camp, in fact, put this out uh, in uh, documents for clients and so forth. But it is important to know this, up 78, 70, it's only the eighth best performing year. Apple's had years where it was up 200. It's had multiple years where it's up 150, 160. Could this go further? Mm. It could. That's the risk. But still, at some point, one has to say enough's enough. Take measures, and that's what we're and, doing. Here. And that 275 put is eight bucks. Eight bucks. It's less than three percent of the stock price. It gives you two months of protection. And I just think that listen, there's a lot of things that people are excited about, and they feel like this should be a 20 multiple stock. They love the AirPods. They think it should be a higher multiple business. They love service. It's you know services. But here's the thing: their streaming service not so great, and it's probably going to disappoint. AirPods, the new one, one month lead time. You know what I mean? Like right now. So there could be some bumps in the road for this thing. No one sees it right now. 
and that's one of the reasons why I think with option prices as cheap as they are, with sentiment as bullish as it is, with the turning of the calendar here and the potential for money to move to other places, again, it's a $1.25 trillion market cap. You could see some large institutions kind of take some money off the table in New York. All right, good stuff there and a good strategy, especially if you're a little bit worried about Apple's recent run. All right, for everything Options Action, you can always check out our website, optionsaction.cnbc.com. While you're there, check out our newsletter. In the meantime, here's what's coming up. Coming up, I'm not saying she's a gold digger, but if she's looking for a bank stock, we've just hinted at which could be the perfect one. Plus, calling all Options Action fans. Reach into your pocket, grab your phone, and tweet us your question at Options Action. If it's nice, we'll answer it on air when Options Action returns. CNBC has quick and easy to understand business news updates at the open midday and close every weekday. Markets, money, and more from Wall Street to Main Street. I'm CNBC's Jessica Ettinger. Follow and listen to CNBC Business News Updates wherever you get your podcasts. And welcome back to Options Action. There is something brewing in the bond market. Check out the yield curve. Remember that big inversion scare back in August? What really seems like ancient history now, in fact, the spread between the two-year and the 10-year, which is what most people look at, is at its highest level of the year. And that could be big news for one of the biggest banks. And if there's a big bank breakout coming, we got to go big, too. So you know what that means. That's right. It's time for a tag team. Dan Nathan, XP Investments Managing Director, Bronwyn Issa, joining us for us to tackle this one. Take it away, guys. Yeah, well, let's talk about the bank stocks. You just mentioned that steepening yield curve, and we know that some of the big money centers here in the U.S., like J.P. Morgan in particular, really started to take off this fall when it looked like the Fed's uh, three ba- uh, 25 basis point cuts fixed that inverted yield curve. So now we see it steepening. We saw J.P. Morgan break out and it has not stopped going up over the last couple months. Let's broaden this conversation out to a name like Goldman Sachs, which is more of an investment bank. And we know that there's been some headwinds at Goldman. We know that there's um, some issues that have been kind of weighing on that valuation. Goldman has cheap, traded cheap to some of its peers. They know We know that they have this investigation with this one MDB situation. Um, you know, it sounds like that might be resolved in the near future. You might see kind of that valuation come a bit more in line if you have a good resolve um, situation there. Um, You know, the other issue I would just say is that, you know, obviously there's been a lot of talk about the global economy and some green shoots here. And the fact is that um, all this easy money uh, that we've had over the last few years is now going to kind of move a little bit more to a fiscal situation and fiscal stimulus. We're seeing it in Japan. We're seeing it in Europe, that sort of thing. So, you know, Goldman should benefit from that. I guess the last point, and I'll show you some charts here, the constructive technical setup here. You know, this is a stock that obviously has kind of kept pace with some of its other peers, but it's still well below its uh, two-year high or so. This is the one-year chart. It's obviously been a big, uh, been in a nice little uptrend. It's been consolidating here between 190 um, and 220. We just had this breakout right here um, in the last week or so, and that looks very constructive to me. Let's look at the five-year chart here. This is where we are right here, and I think I think what's interesting about this is that, you know, 
This is the area where the stock broke down from last year and literally just cratered in the Q4 and spent all year getting back up to that. This is that area that I'm kind of thinking about between 225 and 275 back to the prior high, where if all these things align, if the market continues to go high, if Goldman has some resolutions to some of these issues, um, like the one MDB situation, if we start to see them um, have that multiple expand a little bit in an upward sloping market, I think think you probably have a shot in 2020 for it to kind of fill in this gap here. So that's my setup on this name, trying to be constructive on a bank stock. I'm going to hand it over to a very talented options trader, an old friend of mine, Bono Nyson, to give you the trade. Thanks, Dan. I appreciate it. So if you like Dan's thesis about bank stocks, investment bank stocks particularly, and then taking it more into Goldman Sachs, I like buying upside call spreads. He's calling for a pretty aggressive move here. You don't want to spend too much premium at the money. You're really playing to get into the momentum and ride this thing high. So let's break it down. Specifically, I like looking at the March 240, 270 call spread. That'll cost you about five bucks, uh, 460 to be exact. So you're gonna buy this 240 call. Your cash outlay is gonna be $5.03. Against that, you're going to sell the 270 call. You're gonna receive 43 cents there. So net, net, you're spending 460. But let's round it up to five for, for the sake of, uh, of ease here. So what we're gonna do here is you essentially have your break even at 244.60 or five. You stand to make $25, one to five. I haven't seen odds that great since my last trip to Vegas. <laughs> um, so again, nice aggressive way to play the stock and I like extending the maturity out to March for a few reasons. One, you get their earnings call in January. Typically earnings, as we discussed previously, are catalyst for movement here. You also get all of the Q1 positioning that traders are setting up their books thematically to see how we're going to play the year strategically. And the last thing is it allows you to manage and really use this as a trading position as opposed to having to buy and hold that to a short-term maturity. This allows you to put in stop losses, as Dan has alluded to, premium losses, and you're not just playing for one catalyst event that might lead to rapid option erosion and theta bleed. That's how I'm looking to play it. Great setup by Dan. Yeah, so I really like this setup, too, because what is uh, Bonwin doing here? He's basically giving himself some time for this thing to play out. I like the idea that he's targeting on the upside to that kind of resistance level from early 2018. So to me, I think this trade setup really kind of marries together some of the fundamentals and the technicals that I'm seeing. All right, good stuff, Bonwin. Dan, thank you very much. Mike, your quick trade on that. Yeah, no, I mean, I agree with uh, the buy on, on Goldman Sachs here. This is one of the few stocks that actually, if you look back four years, is trading about the same price. They're going to make, what, 22 bucks a share next year versus 16 and a half four years ago. So from a valuation perspective, it's attractive. And we're obviously chasing when we just consider how strong the market has been. So that actually supports the thesis of using a call spread. All right, good stuff there. I like the tag team, guys. Thank you very much. All right, up next, CarMax getting a huge speed bump today on earnings. But that's got one of our traders smiling, believe it or not. We're going to hit the car lot to tell you why when we come back right after this. All right, welcome back to Options Action. This is the part of the show where we check in on one of our open trades. Remember last week, Mr. Mike over here said that CarMax was headed for a speed bump. This is a stock that, generally speaking, when it starts getting close to those upper levels of its valuation, as it is right now, and we can see this orange line is the average analyst price target through time with the price underneath it, and this is the spread. And what we can see is that when these things converge very often, what happens for the month or so after? Stock basically tries to trade sideways or falls off a little. So here's the trade. 
If you own the stock, what you can look to do is sell the January 105 calls. So CarMax, well, it got hit hard by earnings this morning. Stock fell about 6%. So, Mike, how are you managing this one? Yeah, so this was a situation where we thought the stock was looking a little bit toppy. The options were expensive. We had identified a catalyst, and we said in these circumstances, end of year with the stock up so much, you might not want to sell the stock, but you could sell some calls against it, collect a little bit of yield. It's exactly what we did. Sold those calls for 2 bucks. bought them back today for $0.20. Cents. In a situation like this, there really isn't that much more left in it. So obviously you cover that short call and you know you basically have to move on. If you own the stock, at least you mitigated some of the pain you felt after earnings. All right, good stuff there, Mike. Thank you very much. All right, coming up, more headwinds for Boeing and its investors setting that stock down again today. And if you're stuck in Boeing, fear not. One of our traders will tell you that you might be able to mitigate some of that risk. Stick with us. We're back after this. CNBC has quick and easy to understand business news updates at the open midday and close every weekday. Markets, money, and more from Wall Street to Main Street. I'm CNBC's Jessica Edinger. Follow and listen to CNBC Business News Updates wherever you get your podcasts. All right, welcome back to Options Action. Check out Boeing. Stumbling into the weekend, United Airlines announced that they're going to be extending cancellations on flights that grounded 737 MAX until at least June. Stock down 4% this week and hanging on to its 2019 gains by a thread under 2% now. But if you are stuck in Boeing stock, you own it, you just want to own it, you like the company long term, Mike might have a way here to manage it. Using options, of course. Yeah, so one of the things I would say is that this is a stock that's going to continue to face some headwinds here, I think. I mean, first of all, it isn't as if the only problem they have is the 737 MAX. They've got structural problems with the NG, things like that. Valuation on the company is actually not that cheap, all things considered. Implied volatility, the price of options is a little bit higher. We've been talking about these strategies a lot lately on stocks that are maybe getting to that upper level. Sell some calls against it. I was talking to an institutional client that was short the 350s in March. I think you could actually go a little bit nearer dated. I was looking at the 345s in Feb. Okay. Time now for the final call. Let's go around the horn here. Carter. Yields are going to matter in 2020. XLU long, Walgreens boots long. Okay. Utilities again, Carter. Mike. Yeah, I mean, if you want to play the dogs of the Dow and you want to buy a stock, consider also writing a call against it. Buy right is one of the easiest trades that you can get involved in options. That's what I would look at. It's also a good time of year to be selling calls against stock that you own. We know that the holidays tend to be a little slower, that sort of thing. So I think it's good timing on that. And I just mentioned one thing. Uh, Obviously, Apple is the opposite, as Carter said, of the dog of the Dow. And I just think that if you want to hedge this thing tactically, I think you look out a couple months. The February 275 puts for 8 bucks look interesting. Merry Christmas, everybody. Yeah. Except maybe not for Apple based on Dan's trade. So we're watching that one. Okay, good stuff there. All right, everybody, thank you. That does it for Options Action. We'll be back next Friday night at 5.30 p.m. Eastern. Mad Money with Jim starts right now. CNBC has quick and easy to understand business news updates at the open midday and close every weekday. Markets, money, and more from Wall Street to Main Street. I'm CNBC's Jessica Edinger. Follow and listen to CNBC Business News Updates wherever you get your podcasts.